It is Sunday, May 31st, 2015. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The Tar. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, reminiscing on Roger Ebert, the history of the Viewmaster, the Justice League movie that almost was, and those video games that have toys. It's episode 8.11, Titles Are Hard. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. Ah, you know, I'm just kind of reflective right now. I was messing around on Netflix, and I found Life Itself. So, of course, I had to watch it. Life Itself is a documentary all about Roger Ebert and the life he led. It's loosely based on his memoirs, which had the same name. And it was just a powerful film about this very influential guy in my life. You know, Siskel and Ebert is pretty much why I'm the movie geek I am today. You know, there I was when I was a kid. I really didn't go to church that much. You know, my parents did. I would go along, but I was a little too fussy. So when I was finally old enough to be left home alone on my own, they would leave me home on my own on Sunday morning. And what was the only thing on TV? Siskel and Ebert. So watching Siskel and Ebert, that just really opened up my eyes to the entire world of cinema that is around me. And in fact... It is because of Roger Ebert why I do the movie reviews on my website. Many years ago, late 90s, I saw Roger Ebert on a talk show. He was answering questions from the audience, and one of them asked, Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to be a film critic? And he said, My advice is just the same advice I have for anyone who wants to be a writer. Just keep writing, just keep practicing, and then... Roger Ebert was an early adopter of the internet, so there he was talking about how awesome the internet was because just about every amateur author now can just publish their stuff at the click of a button. So I was watching that and he's like, huh, he says that people who write movie reviews should just go out and write them? I have a website. Why don't I write movie reviews for my website? And thus it began. I know it was the summer of 1998 because the very first film I reviewed for my website was the first Godzilla. It's kind of sad how much I loved it back then, but hey, I was young and naive. You're listening to Mark Cappen. This is the old days, and the bad days, the all or nothing days. They're back on U62. The Targ. So I finally got round to the Westlock Museum. Yes, Westlock, the town where I live, they actually have their own museum. And when I went in there, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, they have an extensive toy collection because there was a very illustrious doll collector who lived in town. And when she passed on, she decreed that her entire collection be left to the museum. And I was looking through one of the display cabinets and something really caught my eye. It was a collection of vintage Viewmaster reels. The Coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 3D on Viewmaster. And I was like, wow, 
That is awesome. So, of course, with something like that, I go home and I Google it and I find out more about the history of Viewmaster. You know, that was Viewmaster's big thing back in the day. You know, it wasn't just a kid's toy. It was something for all ages. You could go to, like, national monuments and big events like the Olympics, and you could get Viewmaster reels, pictures from that monument or event, and watch them in 3D on your Viewmaster. The only exposure I ever had to that was, I remember when I was a kid, camping in Jasper like I did every summer. In the back of a Jasper gift shop, I saw the Viewmaster reels for Jasper National Park. That's the only time I was ever exposed to the um, souvenir Viewmaster reels. Apparently, they still make them to this very day, even though they're not the most profitable arm of the Viewmaster empire. It was the it was in the 1970s, according to the Wikipedia article, that a Viewmaster kind of started getting out of the real-life 3D photography business and started becoming more of a kid's toy with more of the cartoon tie-ins and stuff like that. So yeah, Viewmaster was once an all-ages toy. And Viewmaster is even getting a gritty reboot. Google is working on their own VR system called Google Cardboard. They have signed a deal with Viewmaster, and this fall they are launching a brand new Viewmaster that uses the Google Cardboard technology. Instead of the cardboard reels, you slide in your smartphone, you have the app queued up, and then the Google Cardboard Viewmaster device turns the picture on your smartphone into 3D. Such interesting times we live in. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. On U62. The Targ. So, of course, online right now, the geeks are just geeking out about Mad Max Fury Road. And it makes me wonder what George Miller, the director of Mad Max Fury Road, could have done with the Justice League. You know, it's another one of those great projects that Hollywood never made. In the late 2000s, you know, about six or seven years ago, George Miller, the director of the Mad Max films, was actually going to do a Justice League movie. Yeah. DC's plan back in the late 2000s was they were going to do the opposite of Marvel. They were going to introduce all of our beloved DC characters in a Justice League film and then spin them off into their own films. Unlike Marvel, which decided to introduce all the characters in their own individual films and then have them team up for the Avengers. So yeah, they did some of the casting. Uh, DJ Catrona, who played... uh, Flint in the the last G.I. Joe movie. He was going to be Superman. Army Hammer, who played the Lone Ranger in Disney's Lone Ranger. Uh, He was going to be Batman. Uh, One of the warrior women who shows up at the end of Mad Max, she had signed on to play Wonder Woman. Uh, They already had a guy signed up to play The Flash and Green Lantern all signed up as well. So what happened to this really awesome Justice League project? Well, you might remember in the late 2000s, we had a writer's strike, and most of Hollywood's writers went on strike. So with all the writers on strike, they couldn't do the necessary script rewrites, and so right before they started filming, they wound up pulling the plug. And then, of course, The Dark Knight came out, Heath Ledger's Joker took everyone by surprise, and everyone was like, huh, well, let's just keep what we're doing with these Batman movies here. And that was the end of that. But still, put that up there with the Tim Burton Superman Lives as one of the superhero films that really would have been something to see. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. So I know it surprises a lot of people that I'm not a gamer. 
When it comes to the video game cultures out there, you know, being a gamer is just one that I don't subscribe to. I don't have a lot of interest in video games. But there are some games out there that are starting to catch my attention. They have these video games out there now. They have all these little toy tie-ins. You buy the starter set with the special base that you plug into your console. You put the little action figure on the base and it unlocks that character in the video game. I was trying to see if there's a special term for this genre of video game, but there isn't one. The first and most famous one, that's got to be Skylanders. And then Disney got in on the act. Well, uh, yep, Disney with Disney Infinity. And that's the one that really caught my attention because deep down inside, I am still a Disney geek. So first, Disney Infinity had all the Disney characters from all their animated movies or classic cartoon characters. And I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. And then when they released uh, Disney Infinity 2.0, well, Disney owns Marvel. So now Infinity 2.0, you had all the Marvel characters. You had Hulk, you had Spider-Man. It was awesome. And now Disney Infinity 3.0 is coming out this Christmas. And because Disney owns Star Wars, that's the one that's going to have all the Star Wars characters. So you buy your little Obi-Wan Kenobi figure, put him on the base. Boom, play Obi-Wan Kenobi in the game. That is awesome. You know, I can see myself probably getting some of the Disney Infinity Star Wars guys just to put in my Star Wars action figure collection because, hey, it's a whole new genre. But I think the one that finally caught my eye is Lego is getting in on this racket. Lego's about to launch one of those games called Lego Dimensions, where the toy, of course, is a little tiny Lego set you get to put together. And because of the massive amount of licensed properties that uh, Lego has, there's going to be all kinds of things, you know, because we got like... Uh, well, of course, the Lego movie, we're going to have all the Lego movie characters, but Lego owns the license to DC superheroes, so there's going to be like Lego Batman in there. But this is what really got me. So Lego's got the license to do Back to the Future Lego, and they've also got the license to do Doctor Who Lego. Yes, there is going to be a Back to the Future Lego Dimension set and a Doctor Who Lego Dimension set. I can put them on the base, bring up the 10th Doctor and Doc Brown in the game, and finally act out my Doctor Who Back to the Future crossover fan fiction. Don't worry, they don't kiss. I don't do that kind of fan fiction. But still... These things are kind of awesome, but then, you know, asking around on Facebook about how gamers think about these, uh, they think of them as money pits because, you know, you got to buy all the figures to get all the stuff in the game. And yeah, it drains a lot of cash. But still, back to the future, Doctor Who, together at last. Think about it. Mark Kappas, Lord of the Overworld, Master of the Twelve Galaxies. <laughs> Where do you pick that stuff up? I never see you read. Mark Kappas. It's like he channels dead crazy people. U62, the Tar. Think it's a cry for help? And now it's time for the song of the show. We have a very unusual song. I got a present in the mail from a friend of mine. He got me a CD. It's NRG. They were a hair metal band in the 80s. And it was the CD they released called Transformed. See... NRG's claim to fame is they had one song on the Transformers the Movie soundtrack. 
So my friend, he's just goofing around on the internet one night. He finds the NRG website. It hasn't been updated since 2001. And he discovers that through their website, they are selling a special greatest hit CD, Transformed, the lead single of which is a special digitally remastered version of their one song from the Transformers the Movie soundtrack. So he sends an email to the webmaster. You know, I see this hasn't been updated since 2001. So you guys still in business? You still selling this? And surprise, surprise, he got a response within the hour. Yes, yes, we are. So he bought one for himself. He bought one for me. So here is NRG's one song off the Transformers the Movie soundtrack, Instruments of Destruction.
NRG Instruments of Destruction on U62 The Targ, given to me by my best friend. I know I've told this tale on my blog before, but the Transformers the movie soundtrack is how my best friend and I met each other. Way back in 1997, when we were going to college, there I was, Captain Awesome, the number one show on the college radio station, and my best friend, he was the editor of the college paper. Now, going back even further to 1986, when I saw Transformers the movie, that was just when I was starting to discover music and albums and these little things called soundtracks. So after I saw Transformers the movie, I was like, I must get the soundtrack album. I searched high and low every music shop I went to. I just could not find the Transformers the movie soundtrack. Jump forward a decade to my college years. As I mentioned, my buddy was the editor of the college paper, and he would end every issue with two lists. Stuff that annoyed me this month and stuff that got me through the month. I think those two lists are pretty self-explanatory. And so the paper comes out. I'm reading it. I read stuff that got me through this month. And on the top of the list, my copy of the Transformers the Movie soundtrack. My jaw dropped. Right away, I shoot my future best friend an email. Dude, you have a copy of the Transformers the Movie soundtrack? I tell him my tale. Can you make me a copy? How did you get your copy? Please tell me how you finally found this holy grail. And he came back to me and said, Well, you know, lots of record stores do this thing called special ordering. That's what I eventually had to do to get it. I special ordered it. So you're probably going to have to do the same. So that weekend, I went down to Cam Rose's little mom and pop music shop. It was called Toontown. Tune, of course, spelled T-U-N-E. I special ordered it, got it a week later, and that's how me and my best friend became best friends. Well, he's my best friend, as he keeps telling me I am not his best friend, but ah, I'm used to being in a one-sided relationship, I guess. Uh, but still, thank you very much, Kenton, for that CD. Thank you very much. He also sent me that Quintesson action figure that I unwrapped live on the show a few months ago. So yeah, he's been showering me with presents lately. Am I dying? Is that why I'm getting so many presents? Huh. Something to worry about. Something to keep me up at night. Uh, but while I go ponder that, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, there probably won't be a show next week because looking at the calendar, looks like I'll be working next weekend. So, yeah. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you in two weeks. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.